0: Todd and Rob in the afternoon.
1: afternoon. Hey, afternoon, July
0: with Todd and Rob.
1: Oh yeah,
2: oh yeah, and here we are. We're back. We're back after what? What? How long I've been out? Two weeks?
0: Oh yeah, it's been at least two, two or three weeks. It's it been quite a quite a vacation from the new media show.
2: Yes, it has. <laughs> it's been a it's been a nice break. As a matter of fact, I came in here to turn turn the studio on about an hour ago. I was like, please, baby. Yeah. Fire up, you know, Come you know, <laughs> up, <right. Yeah. laughs> but uh, we are live and lit. And uh, so those of you that are tuning in via new podcasting 2.0 apps, thank you for doing so. And if you haven't got one of those already, go over to newpodcastapps.com and join and get a new app. Don't be on one of those legacy apps. going to take a minute here before we introduce our guests. Right, why don't you introduce Chris? And then we'll, we'll talk about our boost. Rob right. that came in and we'll, we'll get Chris dialed into what he's right. going like to boost. What the heck is a boost?
0: Well, we are lucky to have, uh, Mr. Chris Kremitzos on the line with us today to talk about, uh, pod that's coming up in the end of January down in, uh, Orlando. So we're excited to get back to an in-person event again. And Chris is, uh, has been graciously enough to, to join us over a holiday week to, uh, come on the show and talk about it. You know, I know that we're, I think we're one of the few shows that are doing a live episode during this week. Cause I I haven't seen too many others that are doing anything. So, so it's great to have you here, Chris. Thanks for. Yeah. Thanks time to out.
3: fit me in at the end of the year here. Pretty awesome. Right before we're about to, you know, finish out 2022.
2: Right. Absolutely. So we're going to get into the whole gambit of what's going on at PodFest, but i want to do thank bob bob says merry christmas todd bob from dover new hampshire he sent us a thousand sets we got a merry christmas happy year new year from uh from brian he sent us a hundred sets and we got uh from uh sean says rob with a macbook the dawn of a new era 2500 sets (laughs) (laughs) but we've had a a number of uh stuff that's come in uh, some live sats have come in. Uh, we have a total of uh, uh, 24 users now contributing to the new media show. They made a total of 868 payments or 580,000 Satoshis. Uh, thus far, we've, the, and Fountain continues to lead the pack on top income streams with 123,000 Satoshis, Castomatic at 68,000. Podverse at 40,000, and CurioCaster at 28,000. So, uh, and we've, we've basically, Rob, uh, been getting as well. Folks have been uh, streaming sats to us live. And uh, some folks at five sats a minute, some at 20. We've had a couple of people at 100 sats a minute so all of you that are streaming live on a new podcasting app streaming satoshis to us we do appreciate it and uh but anyway that's our boost uh update and uh but anyway thanks for everyone that uh and if you do boost today live you'll be able to hear the live boost signal come in it, it'll sound just like that so if you uh start boosting the show we'll hear the hear the notification. But Anyway, live and lit. Have you heard about this new pod? See it right there? 200 sats come in from Podverse. <laughs> That's so, awesome. <laughs> have you, have you heard about this new uh new stuff going on with podcasting 2.0, Chris?
3: Oh, uh, I've I've talked to the Fountain uh, when he first started um, and I know uh, I I think it's amazing and and it's definitely something we need more of.
2: Yeah. So- and uh, Adam sent us a, a finally lit. He sent us 50,000 sats in that boost. Now that's wow. an attention getter. So, yeah. you know, it is good to be lit with the show. And, and, and Dave Jones put in a lot of work to make it available so that now that I can ping a URL and let that know things are live and it's working well. But uh, matter of fact, I got a demo today from my dev team. Uh, at Blueberry, we're just about ready. Matter of fact, we're demoing the, uh, uh, value for value screen that we're going to have in our dashboard and was reviewing the RSSB. There we go again. This is what we need. Um, the, uh, and excited. We're going to be ready to roll this thing, uh, probably first of the year. And, uh, it's, it's one of those situations where you know we don't have to re- revamp it but we got to we got to build it so that we can get other folks involved and get the podcasters dialed in so the education piece is uh, is the next part of this and uh, we're excited about it but we're here to talk about PodFest. so chris you know i was just actually looking at airline tickets this morning not bad prices are down a little bit on airline tickets Especially after the holidays now, right? <laughs> no,
0: no, they've
3: been pretty cheap around that time of year for quite some time. So um, Have they?
0: That's good. Yeah,
3: prices are really good from what we've seen. Uh, excited about that time of year. Hopefully it'll be warmer than the rest of the country. I don't know if you guys know, but last week I think Florida joined the rest of the country, which is unusual for us. But um, great time of year, you know, January 26th to the 29th, and we're just excited to host our independent podcasting community. This is our ninth in-person show
2: minus twenty four is what it was here last week, wow,
0: that's cold, <laughs>
2: yeah, that was the wind chill. I think it was actually in Michigan right in Michigan, it it was in Michigan right? it was minus twenty four would that's the coldest I saw it on the, and I just only checked it once or twelve, but it was you know like really like minus nine was about the coldest it got, and yeah. uh I departed vacation early to make sure I could get home. I actually mm-hmm. came home a few days early, but uh other than that, um, yeah, the prices in matter of fact, I went to price tickets I am getting ready to go to Vegas next week for CES. Uh, car rentals are fifty percent what they were a year ago, which wow. is bizarre. Um I don't know if that's a sign that CES isn't gonna be well attended. I don't know. We'll find out, but how's it looking on your side from ticket sales and all that stuff, Chris? Is it going good?
3: Yeah, we're looking good, but we also did a couple of things differently this year. So after our last year's event, we went to, I think, 20 different cities and uh, started little meetups, which made all the difference. So we were able to reconnect people to the brand by going to them Mm -hmm. and then bringing them to PodFest. So we're looking good, about 1,500 strong, uh, if not more, uh, at PodFest. But we did a lot of work to do that. In other words, we changed up how we promoted. To make sure that we found beginners and newbies, and you mm-hmm. know, the U.S. is a mature market at this point, so you got to look for these individuals. And we also created our Podfest Pro track to help the uh, podcasters have been doing it for a while that have different needs. So we're really tiered our offering to help each independent category. So we're very intentional this year out.
0: Yeah, you really have to stay. R- really intentional on trying to reach new people to the medium because there, there there is a constant churn in the medium and there's new people coming in and they just may not know about Podfest. It's just, you know, getting in front of people and le- letting them know I know, you know whenever I go to events, I'm I'm saying, well, do you know about Podfest, podcast movement, all, all these kinds of events that are going on? And most people I talk to don't know, don't know about it, especially if they're they're new podcasters or they're new to the medium. They they just don't know. So and it's I great. think,
2: I think, you know, last year for us was pretty challenging for events yeah. and, very yeah and, yeah. you know, we really, you know, it, when it comes down to it, it it's, it's one of those situations where I got to, you have to weigh and, uh, we're going to try a couple of things this year. We're going to see what happens, uh. Uh, I'm really not at liberty to say what we're doing because if I release my the model that I'm doing, then it may be copied, but we're going to try something in February. And I guess I'll just come back and say if it was successful or not. And uh, it's not necessarily trying to reach independent content creators either. Um, the, the space continues to evolve. And I think, Chris, you've probably seen it as much as I have, is the number of folks that join certain platforms and then almost immediately fall on their face. And we've been looking at a lot of the statistics on, you know, what it takes for a new podcaster from the time they've signed up to get to episode one and then maybe making it to, you know, that those first 10 episodes that are so critical. And to be honest with you, we lose probably 65 to 70% of all new creators in that first that first 10 episodes, because, and it doesn't matter if they're on Anchor, Blueberry, Libsyn, doesn't matter where they're at. The failure rate of those brand new shows are extraordinarily high. So, you know, the goal, we we set it a goal last year to help podcasters get to episode one. And boy, I tell you, it's, sometimes it's challenging to get them to that first episode. It seems like we can get them to episode one.
0: Todd, do you think that's a, that's an issue of expectations versus reality um, to some degree. And I've kind of had, had that impression too, that maybe that's what's kind of adjusted over the last couple of years because early podcasters were much more, you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to, you know, do all the hard work. I'm going to grunt it out and, and I'm going to make this work where maybe there's less tolerance for that now. I I don't know what your thoughts the, are.
2: The The word we keep hearing from content creators is there's this expectation now. Right that they have to go out and create this miraculous show out of the gate. You yeah. know, there's this there's been so much, oh, you gotta have a editor. You gotta have all these mm-hmm. things. There's it's the
0: professionalization.
2: And and pe- and people are upselling all this. Oh, you have to have this to launch. And I really think it's putting a damper on independent content creators creating content because do they have budget to do that to begin with? Um and also, you know, the idea of just going out and buying an ATR twenty one hundred. Now you gotta, you know, they're being sold a lot of these content creators. I talk to them, and I'm trying to talk to the ones that aren't making it. They're saying, "Oh, I was to, I, I I was supposed to buy a roadcaster, and I was supposed to buy this." And I'm like, "No, yeah. you just need a microphone,
0: right? Just a basic a basic microphone, microphone to,
2: get to get started." And so, I think. You know, Chris, I hope as you guys are talking to these, these new content creators that have made the commitment to come to podcast, let's get, just get, let's get to, let's get to 20 episodes. Not, let's not worry about money. <laughs> right. Let's, let's just get it. Let's get 20 in the can and, you know, then we'll start worrying about the other stuff. Yeah. And I think well,
0: that's, yeah. We, we that's the other that thing way. too, is, is the expectation of monetization right out of the gate too. Go ahead, Chris. Listen
3: so we have an expo hall for beginners at this point so they could get what they need. And we're trying to keep the active creators in a creator hall. Uh, And then it's tiered because I agree with you. There are beginners that will uh, when they're exposed to all these different things, will be in tears because it's just too much information for someone that just needs to literally plug in a mic, get started, do a couple of episodes. But also I think the other thing going on is uh, podcasting is more casual now. In other words, in the early years, people were kind of like Rob mentioned, they were excited. They were going to go out and learn and they're going to do more with it. Now it's almost like, you know, my brother has a podcast. I have a podcast. It's kind of like how blogging went. So um, our goal really is to help the independents and we're going to be helping the people that are active uh, all the way to the beginners. But as we grow, I think we're going to be helping the more active uh, creators. And that's just part of how the market changes. You got to change with it. So we're seeing a lot of the same things you both are kind of mentioning in different ways.
2: You know, I think we've all seen an equal number of looky-loos, and that's what I'm calling them, that have come to shows. And I'm thinking about doing a podcast. And, you know, you, you, know, you get a card to them, you get their information, and you follow up, and then nothing ever comes to fruition. And for whatever reason, life or, you know, maybe an expectation has changed. Um, but I think we all can agree that creating content is not necessarily the easiest thing, but I get worried, um, if I'm looking through Facebook groups and I see, you know, I need some help and 82 people respond, well, I do have an editing business and I'll help you get started and blah, 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 blah. And so we're, well, why don't we help them in the beginning? Just again, let's get them to episode one, two, three, four, five. And, uh, but everyone is so, I, I think there's this huge, I hear it again and again. I think there's this huge, huge pressure. And this used to be a thing in Japan. Japan is about, you got to come out of the gate strong. You have to be perfect from day one, or you'll be criticized up and down one side. The other, I'm wondering if that's a little, that has filtered there's into a fear of that, right? Yeah. There's filtered into the podcasting space a little bit. And well, I, I, you comparing
0: yourself to the big guys all the time. I mean the big podcasts and stuff that, you know, I think people have this perception that they have to be a certain quality level or a certain kind of production level for them to even get started. And I think a lot of people just kind of hesitate on that. Um, and that, that can be a challenge for them. And I think it is a a little bit of, you know, the success of the medium kind of coming back and haunting it a little bit. And I saw it a little bit in the early days up in like Canada and, and outside of the U S as well Is that the, like BBC and CBC set such high expectations of what a production would be in a podcast that people started thinking, well, in order for us, for me to do a podcast, I have to be able to compete with CBC or something. And it's, it's not really necessary, but a lot of people, that's their perception.
2: You know, and I tell people I've done over 2000 episodes with no production, zero. Right. Well, you are the production. You know, well, you cut the ends, you run it through a phonic and you shove it out the door. You know, it's done. And I understand, yeah. but, you know, I would not still be here if I had to edit my show or if I would have had to pay someone to edit my show. I'd have been long. I'd have quit. I'd have quit 15 years ago. So, you know, I think this is the worry so I think that if we're, as we're, you know, Chris, is you're talking to these new content creators and, you know, this, this baby stuff, let's, let's get, let's get their product launch. Let's get their brand launch. Let's get you know, all this basic stuff going. If nothing else, let's just get a damn, ed, damn episode in the can and up up online, you know, because I yeah. think once you do that, once you have one and it's in the directories and wherever you want to be seen or heard, then I I think then it's easier. But we just, oh, man. Getting them to hit that first record.
0: So, Chris, let's talk a little about how you have your tracks organized this year. Because I think you did do some different things coming out of last year's event. Is that So we have an
3: Expo Hall ticket this year that's $99, mm-hmm. keeping it very affordable. Uh, mm-hmm. In the Expo Hall, there's two stages, and it's all beginner uh, education, kind of like what? Todd was saying, very simple, mm-hmm. how to plug in a mic. What is a feed? I mean, very, very simple. What is your brand? Sh- you know, what should your little square look like? Uh, you know, people don't think about those things. Do a little market research and then get started. Um, and then we have a creator hall, and that's really for uh, the active creator. So you're an active podcaster. Now you want to grow what you have. Great. Uh, you go into the different tech tracks, uh, creator track. Uh, We're working with the podcast editor community, Steve Stewart, Mark Deal have been really kind. They're setting up Ask an Editor uh, booth, so anyone that needs help in the hallway could ask an editor at any time they want, free of charge, so we could get people the help that they need. But we also have a pro, and the pro are for the people that are doing 5,000 downloads or more per episode. We'll have about 50 of those people. They've been invited to be part of it. As you guys could imagine, you'll get someone that might have 200 downloads telling us they're a pro. We kindly tell them, hey... By our definition, we're looking for this specific need set because they have different needs, and what you have, and we do have a track for you called the Creator Track. So we're we're doing our best to to give people what they need, but then combine them together so they could help each other.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good approach. Mm -hmm. And and you know, and it's true though. You know, I haven't seen it. We haven't went back up the railroad track yet, where we having in the (laughs) what I mean by this, we have these cycles where we see. People that are producers, successful podcast editors, production companies, blah, blah, blah. And they really aren't. They're failed podcasters. So I think we haven't I don't think we're seeing a, at least I'm not seeing a lot of it right now where but having you had vetted fifty folks that have built an audience, um, I think that that's that's a great way to go. They're they're proven. They and you know, a lot of people say only five thousand people. Well, that's that's a great number for an indie podcaster to strive for, is is five thousand downloads. If we can get them to five thousand, then we can oh, get yeah. them to we can get them to five hundred thousand. We you know, get them to five thousand is that's that's a that's a big leap. Yeah, yeah, well, five thousand
3: IAB certified per episode after thirty days or more, you know, so, or less. Uh, so right. that's kind of the metric.
0: Yeah, and then you. Really have all your options opened up in front of you at that point uh, around monetization and things like that as well. So it's it's a powerful place to get people to. And I do, you know, your tracks that I see for for the conference. You know, there's the creation and launch, and then technology and innovation, audience growth, monetization, and marketing, uh, 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 YouTube and video and social network. I mean, I mean, I would say that you have it all covered, Chris, as far as all of the the main topics that people are interested in learning about the, the podcasting area.
3: It's uh 10 years of hard work and meeting the right people. Yeah. So like everybody tries to do this, but you need to have the, the community is really providing the content. So we have really great uh, right. educators that we select that, you know, that, that care for the people. So we do our best to find those individuals.
2: Have you, no. I am going to ask you a little, maybe a little uncomfortable question. If you don't want to answer it, don't tell me, but <clears throat> do you, think you've gotten some attendees that have chosen not to go to another event?
3: I I haven't seen any of that on my side. Um, Anyone specifically um, asking, I have people ask me what my, what our stance is on certain things. And, you know, everybody's welcome at PodFest, but I haven't seen what you're talking about. Uh, as much as you would think we would see it. So I, ha- I don't know. Um, I'll know when we're at PodFest if people come up and tell me personally, but not not through the internet as they're communicating th- with us.
2: Yeah, because again, sometimes... it be
3: a silent decision, Todd, so I don't know if, yeah. voice that, yeah. if that makes
2: sense. Yeah, and there's some water underneath the bridge already on all that that went on. So, you know, this is something we're going to be watching this year for sure is to see how how the space... You know, who attends, who doesn't attend, who's there at a different events. Um, you know, I think it's, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting year from that regard. Uh, but uh, good. I think 50, if you've got a solid 1500, that, that's a good number.
3: Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's making us very happy, but it was a hard number to get to, but we're, um, we had to go to like 25. I don't know how many cities but we did north of 20.
2: Yeah. I saw you guys like, were having meetups in different locations. Yeah.
3: Yeah, we'd get 50 people in Times Square. Thanks to Lee Hara for helping. We'd find co-champions in each city. Uh, Texas was awesome. Brian Barletta actually showed up at our San Antonio shop and then gave us five microphones to give away free to beginners. So it was really great.
2: That's awesome. It's because I had your event has weighted more heavy on Florida in the past, and that's understandable. But if you can start building the the national attendees. Mm-hmm. I think that goes a long way in growing the show years out. And if you have, if you have good success and, you know, using the strategy to bring people in from across the country, I, I think this is uh, good bitings for you guys. I think, it's, I think you're, I think it will do well to take the show to the next level.
3: Well, we did Canada and we are looking to go to Europe. We will be, we're hoping to do some shows out of country next year. So we have a couple of things we haven't announced. Uh, You've heard it here first, but we're looking at a much bigger uh, footprint. So uh, during COVID, our pod globals actually made the name pretty well known in certain spheres. So we could actually uh, do events out of country. Uh, We just need local support. So we're looking at that after this year's podcast, since we have so much time. With the year left, you know, it's in January. Then we have the rest of the year to create.
2: That's interesting because Martin sent a boost he, and he sent one, 111 sats. He says, will Sticks timed up my Obli wallet. Podfesting Europe? Question mark. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: uh, Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I'll <laughs> tell you that. Yeah, that'd be It'll
2: awesome. it would be
3: more of a, a meetup, you know, at the at, at a place um, with a couple people, local talent. <clears> but uh, we don't have profit initiatives when we go out. It's really, let's have a good time. Let's sure. not put too much pressure. Make sure everybody gets together and uh we love it we get to meet people like just like you guys they tell you what's going on you learn a lot about a local situation just by going out there and seeing what everybody's up to
2: so what do you think then you know you did these 25 cities so my curiosity has been what's what's a city what's let's let's take san antonio because i think i went to an event in san antonio a couple of years ago can't remember the city i was in somewhere in texas for a podcasting event what do you think a city like San Antonio would support for a single one or two day event or maybe a one day event? I mean,
3: uh, half a day to one day is what it would support. It probably would support about uh, 50 to 100 people. Max. 50 to 100. 50 is a solid number. If yep. you get 100, you outperformed. But you could you could do that.
2: So San Antonio is mm-hmm. not necessarily a small city. And I don't know what the population is. I'd have to Google it.
3: Houston but, was a big driver though. Houston was big for us. Uh, Ozeo, uh, uh, pod Houston, amazing human being. Uh, so he, he 52 had 52 pe- people in for us there. So
2: in Houston, you had 52 people, but it was, yeah. you, you had an influencer that helped you bring them in.
3: Well, in each city, we had someone that helped us for the most part, uh, San Antonio, we got 25 people, which I thought was really good. It was on a Monday night, depending on the nights too. So sure. That, that, that factors.
0: Hmm. So Chris, these events that you're talking about, are they going to be like, uh, a- I mean, like you talked about just really like one day event um, type of meetup type of events, or are you thinking about a full size PodFest fest, maybe outside of Florida?
3: Yeah. So these meetups help us test which markets are strong, kind of like what Todd's asking. So I could tell Got you it. the strong cities that you could do really well in right now are the bigger cities, Toronto, right. sure, sure. Uh, New York City, um, one day events I'm talking about. Uh, we would probably do like a half day, one day. Um, some of them were at a bar, some of them were education. We tested like three different models. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best model, if anyone's looking to do this is you find a co-workplace cause it's conducive to what we're talking about.
2: Right.
3: Um, make sure they promote to their people. Cause you'd be surprised how many you could land just from that. that would boost your numbers and then do it after hours, maybe five, l- learn the traffic patterns of each city. That's important. Um, new York was a half half day. That was excellent because people have to take the train in, so that's a whole different traffic pattern. So sure, it matter. right, right.
2: So, with the what did you feel then that attendee mix was? Was it largely those that were new, or was it? Did you have a what was the mix? How did you feel the mix was?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. Most of them were half veterans, half uh, beginners, so it was, it was oh. almost uh, split down the middle.
2: Oh, wow, that's good. That's good. Anytime a,
3: if you're an active podcaster, I think this year the ticket will be free. And if you're a beginner, I don't know, you pay like 10 bucks just so we know they show up. Right. But we want to give something to the active creators because now they're also paying it forward, uh, helping each other. And
2: we want to bring more of those people out. Yeah. Martin followed up. He said, Hey, Chris, thanks for information. We had a plan, we had planned an unconference potluck in Swedish, in Gothenburg, Sweden in 2020. And then the pandemic happened. So, um, so it looks like that, you know, I, I think there's room, you know, look at this event that's going to happen in London. Uh, you know, that's going to be a a big event, but as Rob said last year, it was not a lot of, it was a lot of commercial, right, Rob, it was a lot of commercial folks. So it wasn't necessarily attracting the type of people that, that Chris is looking to reach.
0: Well, I think Europe just in general has catered to, you know, kind of the professional class um, out of the gate more because of the the concept that I was talking about earlier about the expectations like the BBC sets and things like that and how people think that they have to compete with those folks. Um, So I think that the independent community is still developing in Canada as well as outside of the U.S. So I still think that there's a big opportunity to grow the independent side of podcasting yeah. outside of the U S. Um, and I think that's, that would be the focus that I would shoot towards is trying to get more people thinking about that. Um, so, so yeah, it'd be great to see Podfest kind of expand their wings, you know, a little bit more broadly and attract
2: independence
0: outside of the U S yeah. That would be fantastic.
2: Jody Crangle said, "Yay, Toronto! That was a great meetup. Though we need yep. to meet somewhere other than a Tim Hortons."
3: <laughs> they, they had, they had. Listen, Jody and Lee Wehara, They had a really great coffee shop. But what happened was, we were planning on six to ten people. 44 people registered on two <laughs> weeks notice. So, um they literally took over Tim Hortons one one table at a time. Wow. They colonized the whole Tim Hortons. Made for great pictures though. Like yeah, great it, job
2: Jody. Anita Sanya says, "Yes, I want to make it in Bali." Chris, I shared the idea with Jody last <laughs> week. So, uh yeah, uh, uh Anita's working real hard to get a uh, a podcast conference going in Bali in Potentially August of next year. So, uh, international, you know, it's when I, Chris, I don't know if you heard, I went to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and was met with creators. And, uh, there was literally 3,000 creators, brand new creators from the kingdom that attended, that was just in the Riyadh area alone. And, it, it's if you listen to the episode on this show where we talked about that trip and you'll ha- have all the details it, it felt like 10 years ago it really did it felt like podcasting when it was you know there was all this huge new creator excitement um, and of right. course their country's unique too because they've been suppressed and not being able to say anything for so long and since they've made changes in the kingdom over the last three years that podcasting is just going to I almost wish I could speak uh, uh speak the language because it, it I'm no I just know there's going to be some amazing stories come out of that out of that region but
3: Yeah the Mena the Mena region is hot I mean that's an area where we see explosive growth and we've talked to some leaders out of Dubai um out of the kingdom that's an area that I I agree with you that's one of the hottest areas in, yeah, in the world right now it's, Indonesia too we're yeah. seeing you know, different parts. You hear it too from the leaders. Brazil's got some stuff going, but it's going to be a little slower, I think. But they have some great leaders down there.
0: Yeah. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the venue that you are holding this event at. It's what's the uh, Renaissance Orlando at SeaWorld. So it's interesting. And um, why did you pick that that hotel? Besides getting a good uh, deal there, right?
3: <laughs> yeah I, I don't know about good deals anymore in florida but i would say <laughs> okay. it was uh it was the deal that we found that we that fit our standards for those of you that don't know florida has like doubled in everything uh since uh-huh. covid so it's been very it, actually if we were incentivized to leave the state and do something somewhere else um you know next couple of years might be a good time to look at uh-huh. different cities It's it's getting up there with vegas and all the event planners tell us as much Oh, but it's a great hotel. It's one of a kind, Uh, amazing hotel.
2: Well, where where would you go? Any any cities in mind?
3: I mean, you know, you look at Atlanta, Phoenix. There's some great cities. Um, uh, They're all all over. We you know we put bids out, see what comes back.
2: Yeah, Atlanta would be good. Phoenix, Phoenix. There's nothing that's ever been done in Phoenix, to my knowledge. Phoenix is a big city. Um, She. The oh, Podcast. yeah, the She Podcast. Podcast
3: did one in Scottsdale. That, yeah. was, that was a really great venue. So there, there's some great cities. But right now, um, Florida is so red hot for business because when, when yep. DeSantis kept the state open, everybody, people don't realize, but business can't schedule around. Are we closed, not closed? So just all this out-of-state business flooded into right, Orlando at right. a level none of us have ever seen before
2: and that's why housing prices are going through the roof because 10,000 people uh, 10,000 i think the number still stands around 10,000 people a month are moving to florida
3: uh, someone told me the other day that's in real estate it's 1,000 a day
2: but 1,000 a day I, well i
3: 1,000 a day or 800 a day something
2: like that yeah cuz i knew it was like before i heard 10,000 a week but so that 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 rhymes with your number 1,000 a day
3: yeah 1,000 a day something like 871 <sighs> maybe it's down to to 1,000 a day that's, coming to the state that's, every that's, day still to this day right now that's
2: insane can man, my daughter lives down in Tampa and, and luckily she owns her house. She says, but this, she's like, dad, property, you know, property values are going up because there's just a so lack of inventory uh,
3: because of the hurricane. So that's <laughs> sure. a whole different, yeah. so there, you know, it is what it is, but
2: we're blessed to be in such a great state. We
3: mm-hmm. love it. The weather's amazing. Um, but for, for the, I'll give you guys an example. Let's say, you know, I don't know, you pay whatever the numbers I pay for food and beverage, it's literally doubled on top of inflation. So it's just become very costly. Wow. wow! We're still able to do it and knock on wood. We're very grateful for our community supporting us and, and the exhibitors and vendors, but it's not an easy proposition, you know?
2: Yeah. Because when you have to pay double for food, double and you know, I know a little bit about how those deals work because you almost have to guarantee a certain amount of, that's mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. yeah. So, and then the, the, the facilities are then kind of what are, what they are, but you have to guarantee a, a food number. To think that that has doubled, then you know you have to sell that many more tickets or raise the price on the tickets that much just to cover your your base on that. So if you can go somewhere, I think the challenge with going anywhere else, Atlanta would be good because it's a major hub. Hub, yeah. So you know, direct flights and get. I can't get to the airline I fly. I can't get to Orlando direct. I have to I have to fly through a hub. But there a lot of the airlines that fly out of Detroit go direct to Orlando. So it's an easy flight. Of course, I don't know if I want to be on Spirit Airlines right now. Um, but I think that, uh, not Spirit, but Southwest, excuse me. Southwest, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's having all the challenges. Yeah, I think if you have a, and that's the only challenge with Phoenix, it's really not a hub. So you're going to have to one off, unless you're flying a Southwest or someone like that to get into Phoenix. It's, it's a little tougher. It's, it's, it's a two hopper, but some people like to do that direct flight. It's easier.
3: Out of curiosity, what do you guys think of Tampa?
2: You know, I like Tampa a lot. Yeah, I, I, matter of fact, I, I love, love Tampa. Tam- I, I think Tampa from a, oh, I think, I think Tampa a great town. Yeah. Where would you, where would you consider having it in Tampa?
3: That's the question we'd have to, it's very tough to find good hotel. Like they're all booked out for the next two years. In Tampa. Yeah.
2: It's part of the problem. Yeah, and especially when you're trying to get fifteen hundred, two thousand people right, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah Tampa is a great, great city. From yeah, a, well, you held an
0: event at that uh, what at uh, that arena? Yeah, the I think arena, just, but that
3: was right. during COVID, where we could get it for two days. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever be able to rent a hockey arena again for two two straight days. <laughs> That's right. just a rare right. occurrence. Right,
2: right. And of course, right. if you think about the rest of the state, Miami. I don't know what type of. Oh, yeah.
3: Miami is red hot. You can't touch that. You can't
2: touch Miami. Yeah, because no, that's it, a, that's it's cultural, a great destination. You
3: know, it's expensive for a reason, you know. It's an amazing destination, but it's Yeah. It's 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 a crazy place in many yeah. good ways, you
2: know. And well, you know, if know especially that. if you're, you know, if you're especially beachside, not inner Miami, <laughs> That's a little different. Right. Yeah. You know?
3: For Lauderdale, we've looked at different things, yeah.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it's it's I I don't know what's going to happen, you know. I'm going I'll be in Vegas uh Monday for CES and uh, I'm real curious to see what the vibe is there. I was there yeah, I'm curious too. I was there in August. now here's something to consider. If you do Vegas, don't do the Convention center. go down into right. Fremont Street, Golden Gate, something like that. They have I know someone who negotiated a Golden Gate uh, uh, for an event, and that would that would that would hold you. And, but you're on, and you're on Fremont street. So maybe people won't have as much desire to be on Fremont street versus the main strip, but right. Fremont street would be, man, there's a lot of hotels there. Just walk, you know, it, that's something to consider if you're ever going to do Vegas, I would not do LVCC. I wouldn't go to MGM. I would, I would try on the other end. And but, that's old Vegas, right? That's old yeah. Vegas.
3: Yeah,
2: I love Old Vegas. Yeah, me too. I, I, it's where I stay. I don't stay on this trip anymore. I can't handle it now. It's a little lively. It's a little, you know, it's, it's the heartbeat of America down there. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I love. Those well, and it's been upgrading you're too. Around, zip line,
3: it's nice. Yeah, there's
2: yeah. a new yeah, It's n- been upgrading.
0: I yeah. mean, that 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 old town is getting rebuilt. Oh, so. it's
2: circa just went in there. Matter of fact, you know, I tried to book into circa this trip, but it was it was out of my budget. Um, but uh, there's. Example: A place I'm staying at, um, which in the old days, 15 years ago, no one would stay there because it was bad, was the mm-hmm. Plaza. But that was completely gutted and and redone, and great rooms, great service. And then you have got too. Binions, you've got all that down there. Those Golden Nugget, right? Yeah, Binions Golden Nugget. But I bet you Golden Nugget would handle 2,500. They have convention space for mm-hmm. 2,500. Yeah. And it's, and the rooms are reasonable. Yeah. Too. The, and, you know, again, you do the block deal just like anything else. And and it's yep. the same type of, uh, you know, same type of scheme. You, <laughs> you, you, you know, you, you have a food and uh drink budget and, you know, everything else is pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely
3: all, worth a look. And, and it's, you know, it's what's really cool. The main thing for us is our community has stayed intact. It's been a tough, uh, you know, last yeah. couple of years, but we're grateful and, we're going to be helping the independents as they start to make money and do well as well as those that need help to grow so it's it's focusing on those people for us is crucial.
2: Chicago would be great, but not in january
3: that's the challenge
2: there, right? <laughs> 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 My right. company used to do uh company retreats in Chicago in February, and the reason it was a retreat is we stayed and retreated to the hotel room we didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. So, uh, thank Mike Newman boosting all lies. Speaking of venues of event, player friendly. Frankly, he mentions Atlanta, Denver, Columbus, Ohio as three second tiers. Columbus is a big city too, but Denver's a good one too. Yeah, but the problem with Columbus is again, it's not. It's it's a it's a hub, and not a hub. Denver and Atlanta are hubs. So,
3: what do you guys think about Charlotte?
2: You know, um, I went through Charlotte. I've never stayed in Charlotte, but I, I, I hear it's a beautiful city. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been specifically to Charlotte, but I think Charlotte in the springtime would be better, not in yeah. January. Yeah. Later right yeah. Right but uh thanks for the one, two, three, four, five boost, Mike. And Martin, thanks for your other boost. So i see everyone's listening in live boosting. See how this works? It's better than better than email. Um Jody says Charlotte is beautiful. Um she says Jody says, Yeah, I need some place to flee the snow in January. Uh, so anyway, so everyone's people on Facebook and everybody are are tuning in here. So I'm excited to come down and, uh, buy a few rounds at the, at the bar (laughs) and, um, and, and check out the venue and, and, and hang out. And I I think it's going to be a great event. Is there
0: anything that you're doing that's kind of, kind of special or different this year? I'm trying to look through your, your agenda, which is on the website right now. If you go to podfestexpo.com, you you can kind of see how the events coming together and it looks, looks terrific.
3: Yeah. Well, you know what it is, uh, what Todd just said, this, this hotel has a huge atrium. So what's cool is that's going to serve as the connection point of everybody. And there's a cool mist bar right there. It's like a pirate ship or it's designed to be like that. So it'll be a cool place for everybody to connect. We'll have our influencer meet and greet. Uh, we're going to be encouraging people to do promotional trades to help each other grow their show, if and if they like the other individual and they have a, you know, common interest. So there's a lot of things that we're going to be helping develop, uh, you know, collaborations with one another.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: We, we're ending Sunday night, Sunday morning. Sorry, Sunday morning will be our gratitude brunch. So we're ending it for those that want the brunch and gratitude ceremony. But the main days will be. Uh Thursday we start off Expo Hall opens, but Friday, Saturday, the two main days of the show.
0: Okay. Yeah. Mm, we're gonna be doing this show live on the 26th from three to four thirty, four o'clock time frame.
2: Do we um, do we know who we're having? Have you picked our
0: I haven't booked our, our, our guests yet, but that's oh. that's something I started thinking about today actually. Well, that's, that's good because, uh,
2: the clock is ticking, Rob. We're less than 30 days away. It is. I have have a
3: feeling you you won't have a problem getting anyone on the show. Let's put it that way. People are always excited to be on your show.
0: That's great. Yeah. I'm not, it's just picking who, who that would be an
2: appropriate pick for the show at the, at the conference. I'm certainly
0: open to your ideas, Chris.
2: (laughs) So, so one thing I was going to ask you, Chris, is how much pressure have you got, um, from, or how much what's the better word? How much how 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 much of the so we see who's basically spending a lot of money in the space right now sponsoring events? Um, how what has your outreach been or how is those folks are they putting your hand their hand into your pocket or are they reaching out to you? Uh what's what's some of those big boys? Are they have you had conversations with some of those companies and and how's that worked out?
3: Honestly, I think for us, um, a lot of niche sponsors that want to reach an audience will come to us. The bigger guys might want to uh, promote where they show up with their teams to network with the other bigger guys. Yeah. Uh, so you know, for us, we've just been very fortunate that we have a lot of niche, small, great sponsors that want to cover us. And grateful to Cloud Mike's, Roger Cloud, and and the and the group there been phenomenal to us. As well as, you know, Podbean, uh, you guys have always helped us, uh, Todd, all these years. So Lipsin. so a lot of that's really our core um, that has always supported us, Buzzsprout, all the different hosting companies. But right. as far as what you're talking about, we have talked to them. They will always say, hey, we're interested, and then they just never pull the trigger last minute. Um, so I don't know if it's um, trying to get things together. Uh, And then it just, we fall through the cracks, which it is what it is, you know, part of business.
2: Yeah. And I'm also feeling that sometimes we've seen some, well, let's just put this away. Event sponsors have some very weird sessions. And sometimes those sessions have minimal value for content creators. It's almost like all right, we've spent this type of money. We're going to bring in, you know, such and such person, and then the content creators really get almost nothing from it. And, you know, people walk right. out just shaking their head, going, "Why? Why, why were they speaking?" And now it's
0: also, Todd, it's this pay-for-play model that's kind of. I wasn't going to say
2: it, 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 Rob, but okay. taken over,
0: <laughs> you know, a lot of events. Um, well, I, I can
3: certify to the two of you, 95% of all our speakers have not paid to speak. They are from the community and that's a very high bar because it's just hard to do, but we right. figured out how to keep it pure.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's good. You know, I, I, and I
3: don't knock other events. They're trying sure, to, sure, sure to pay their expenses yep. and stuff like, so it's just part of their model, but our model is the community gets first cracked. Then we save a handful of spots for our sponsors that, Hey, can we speak? That's part of the thing. But we don't let that overpower the content across the board because people do notice it almost
2: immediately. And Rob and I have talked about this for many, many years. You know, we're, we're fortunate enough. We get to go to events and present and speak. And I didn't actually apply to speak at your event this year. Uh, I appreciate you guys are letting us come in and, and do the show. But it's always about, and even when we do the show there, we want to educate and we want to talk about things yep. podcasters are going to help them learn and, and have something to walk away and chew on. And I I, I really at times, sometimes now I get into different um, sessions and oh, I just leave because I feel like I'm getting pitched to. And I, I think that as, uh, I know that you guys have speaker agreements and other events do too. But boy, I wish I wish that there would be I don't know how you can do it completely by totally enforcing it. But, um, you know, at the, the, the second I feel I'm getting pitched to, I, I'm like, I'm out of here. You know, it's an, it's an agenda driven training event. I'm not referring to stuff that I've heard at your show. Usually I'm stuck in a booth. I can't go to any events, but when I do get out to go and listen to certain sessions, the last thing I want to be is pitched to, how do you, how do you deal with that?
3: We do a lot of calls with speakers, make sure that they know, um, at the end of their talk, they could give away like a one pager, something of value. Sure, sure. But it's not a pitch presentation. And honestly, Todd, you know this. Uh, in the past, I think we had someone try to pitch the audience. It didn't go over well for them, and I think the community learns as a whole. Like that's not what the, that's not the culture of right. Alpha. So let's not try that here. Well, people so are going to. The culture reinforces it as well. Yeah, people are going to yeah.
2: people are going to slide through. We understand that's going to happen, but. I think that other events, maybe even you are like, okay, you're on a list now and you know, good luck complying next year to come back and speak because they're not going to deal with this monkey business. But, uh, I, and I think speakers, if they just understand it, you're there to teach people and give them value. And then that if they're giving, just like this show, if we give value, value is going to come back to us, um, from the, from the listening audience and, um i just don't know sometimes people just get in that mode though where they just gotta and then we,
3: we meet with every speaker too so this year i met with every speaker individually awesome. to make sure i know what they're presenting and then if it's not you know par for the course we ask them to please make switch an, their presentation to another topic
2: make an adjustment that's, yeah make you know,
3: an adjustment and then they, they get the message
0: yep that's and good. i think the there is a certain amount of expectations that are coming out of the big sponsors or the big companies that are looking to get involved in events that they're kind of getting in the mode that when they sponsor an event that there's, it comes with that it is the ability to control sessions and control content and make them pitch sessions. And I think that that, that is one of the tensions. And I saw that a little bit with the event in London, uh, is that, you know, like a YouTube would come in and they would sponsor the event They would actually own like three, three meeting rooms and all day long, it would be all you talking about YouTube and talk about YouTube creators and all this stuff. So it was very, and I can feel that tension happening in the medium more and more. And that, that does fly in the face of what we're talking about here of having educational sessions that don't have an agenda behind them. And those sponsors coming in, feeling like they can control that message because they've Paid for sponsorship for that. So well, I
2: I I also know Rob. hmm. There's events that are coming up where there are going to be companies that will have rooms that are again running, running co events at the same time that the main events going on. And if you don't get an invitation, the golden ticket to go through that door, then you know. And to me, it's just you're locked out from it. Yeah, you're locked out. And uh, that's where the, you know, where when that big big fat money comes in is you know everyone's a commercial target then and you know i you know if if you're being invited to something to sit it's like hey i you walk into a hotel and they go hey you got half a day to talk to us about timeshares well we'll give you a free airline ticket well you know that is not going to be a fun half day because you're probably going to be there's gonna be high sales pressure tickets for you to put your name on the dotted line on something spend money (laughs) you know right so
0: and just to be clear (laughs) i mean i I'm not demonizing that because I, I do think that there's a place for that that's beneficial, but I think there's also this fine line of setting expectations too, because I think one of the struggles has been is that those, those type of events that do that, um, aren't always setting proper expectations. Um, and that's, that's where the, where it kind of goes south. Um, is that that's what they're going to get is, you know, this session is about YouTube, (laughs) right? It's not about how to use YouTube necessarily. So. Right.
2: Yeah. And I, and it's okay if someone's there to give us an announcement about something that's coming. Right. You know, yeah, Chris, you want to be on the leading edge of that. YouTube is saying they're launching something with podcasting. You want them to announce it at your show. Sure. you know, and you're probably going to give them a little stage time, but yeah, the... and then
0: everybody thinks that they're going to do that. And then everybody goes to their session and they don't say anything. Right. So, right. You know, so, you know, that type That's of never stuff. happened. That, that, no, it didn't happen at all.
2: <laughs> and a big nothing burger, I think was the all word right. I heard all the, for a few hours that afternoon. Um, but, but I, I think that, uh, if you know, obviously you're going to control your venue and you're going to control the the sessions. And I know that's the hardest thing too, as a as a as a host organizer. I I remember talking to who the hell was it, it was Dave Jackson years ago when he was hired to do the content track for oh it was before it was when that other event that was going on in Vegas New Media Expo yeah, Media Expo, and I think right. it was it Dave Oof. was it. Dave, it was one of two, maybe it was Dave or it was Cliff Rays, one of the two. Yeah, exactly. One of those two. One of those one two. Of and and, and he asked me, he says, you have any advice? I said, everyone has agendas to be a speaker, including me. The key is make sure that you pick speakers you can trust and that are going to be producing content and putting a message out that you want your audience to hear. And I'm sure that, I'm sure you have struggles going through all the applications for people that want to speak, yeah. don't you? How many do you leave on the cutting floor?
3: Oh, there's hundreds. Especially if they're we, new. We, we, there's a lot. There's a lot. We, we, you know, we try our best and we give them feedback and then we have miniature talks that they could do to help. But you're right. People like yourself always pull a good crowd. People are always happy after they go to your, and Rob, you too, when you're on a panel, you put something together you got to find the people that understand that they're there to inform the audience and give them something right. of value. And once you get those people, you want to try and use them as much as you can, as well as new people. But those are your veterans are your buffer. They're your, what I call guarantee that they're going to deliver. And then you could take chances on outside people as well.
2: And, and, you know, and it's, it's the same. I, I didn't apply to speak at the event coming up in Vegas either, because it's, it was one of those situations where, Oh, him again, he's speaking again. And I'm trying to like, yeah, and not, I'm in the same way. I'm the same. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I want to get, I want to tell people what I'm thinking about and I want to, you know, I pick a topic every year and then, and then I give almost the same variations of that topic throughout the whole year. And I, I haven't picked a topic to speak on anything this year because it's, it's one of those situations where, um, We want to give other people the opportunity. Obviously there's lots of new, great upcoming people have great, fresh ideas and we want to get them to be heard as well. Um, Obviously, you know, I'm this, you know, build your brand is, you know, the thing that I've talked about for years. I'm hoping other people will talk about building your brand. I don't have to go and spread that gospel uh, as much as it used to be. But I think at the same time, Chris, I understand what you're saying there that you're going to have to have some key holders to, to help you know, draw that X, ex- oh, such and such is speaking here. I want to go listen. You know, you, that helps sell tickets too. on mm-hmm. someone wanting to be at the event because someone's going to be there and they want to hear them.
3: We, we have a new category we created and we call it dynamic duos. So that's like someone that like you that speaks every year. You find someone else that, that's a friend of yours in the thing and you create a duo presentation oh, and we do that a lot. So that that's switches smart. it up for the audience, for you. And it makes it more fun because, you know, it gives you something different instead of the yeah. same thing. Yeah. With a partner, so we do a lot of dynamic duos every year too, uh, and that's something unique that we started doing about three, four years ago.
2: Yeah, that's a good idea, because there's lots of people that I I trust, you know, and 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 a lot of people that I think that's a real I think that's a damn good idea to be well, it honest it with you. Makes it fun for you. It makes it fun for your yeah.
3: presenter. Building <clears throat>
2: camaraderie. People see camaraderie up on yeah. stage. Yeah. Now they're
3: like, I could build relationships at this show, so it really helps.
2: Yeah, I I think that's smart. I really do think it is smart because it's, it, it also allows someone like Rob or I or someone else that's spoken at the event to say, this is a new and up and comer that's doing great things. We think that now you can spotlight that person with, your right? Ability. That's right. So now right. you're
3: helping lift someone up. To, so yeah. th- those work well. So they're not a panel. It's a PowerPoint. You just divide it up on, on, on the front of the stage and have fun.
2: Sure. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Hey, Chris, do you ever see the uh, podcast roast ever coming back again? <laughs>
2: <laughs> not not anytime soon. But those. Not are the ones anytime do. soon. Okay.
0: <laughs> you know,
2: I, I
3: love uh, the Friars roast. There were Dave Jackson was one of my favorites, but um, yeah. I, I think I think we need to wait a couple of years. <laughs>
2: you know, when I retired from the Navy, I told the guy that was giving my my keynote speaker. I said, feel free to roast me. And I'd known this man for twenty plus years and he had all the dirt. You know, he knew where all the dead bodies were buried, right? And of course, everyone in the crowd that was there where all my friends that I had served with for many years and they knew some of the dead bodies were buried too. So there was these oblique these oblique mentions of things where half the audience is dying, falling out of their seats, and the rest you know, of the crowd that, is that has no they have no clue, right? right? <laughs> and it's hard to find somebody that is
0: perfect for that right that has that balance of sense of humor and but yet doesn't take we themselves a too, too were seriously like,
3: I, I can't right. do it i can you know they were too sensitive to it so then we're like oh let's just that's why we paused it we're like you know what we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings oh. dave jackson was just happened to be a perfect uh person oh
2: he was
0: he was perfect for it
2: i yeah. think i think the roasting those types of deals were if it's not too severe <laughs> Right. Yeah, I, I think, think
3: we it, went a little severe on the second one. So then we just let pause it a little bit.
2: I, I think it can be. It was fun. It was fun. But you know what? It also shows as individuals, humanity, right? You know, and you have 100%. to be, you have to be a little bit humble, eat a little right. crow, <laughs> It you know, shows you that you're, you know, you, you put your pants on the same way as everyone else. I, you know, I think that's the you know, for me, it was the key takeaway. And and, and I I loved getting roasted at my own retirement. So it was fantastic, you know, so (laughs) I think it was what, but it's the right person. (laughs) That's right. So I think it was Dave Jackson
0: and, um, and uh, who, who was it? Um,
3: John Lee Dumas was the. John Lee actor. Dumas was the other one, right?
0: Right. I think. I think he was really good too. It was a good pick. He was uh,
3: really. It was really good. Yeah. But you know, uh, yeah. some people got roasted that weren't even in the room. So you just gotta. <laughs> we gotta watch all the jokes. That's all.
0: Well, a lot of the the other roasters got roasted too. Right? Oh, for sure. We all <laughs> right. knew it was coming.
3: That was above board. But you know, we just gotta. <laughs> It was really good. I have to say, uh, one of my yeah. favorite things we ever did, but, um, right. We do have the, the how at the moon party, uh, after party on Friday night, that will be invite only Joe Rubin, Mike Winston of Mopod and cloud. Mike have made that happen. So we're really uh, happy about that, but that should fill up very quickly. <clears throat> and I'm trying to figure out the people that don't get the wristband, so to speak, can still attend and be part of it. Just they're, they they do not get the drinks. Um, But we'll have buses taking people rotating back and forth uh, from our venue to Howl at the Moon, which is a dueling piano bar, It's just a lot of fun. Uh, Our friend Mark is coming from the UK, excited to see him. I haven't seen him in like three, four years. So a lot of uh, people that a lot of us haven't seen have chosen this event. Timing is right for them to be out there. So I think it's going to be a reunion of sorts for some people that we love dearly, but we haven't seen in person.
2: So your family of Podfest alumni, Glenn, did he, you know, big move this year and getting acquired yeah, with the horse network. The geek. Yeah. Horse yeah. The network. So is, is he going to come and tell his story about that or what?
3: He'll be sharing uh, some of that in the pro track. Um, so one of the things that, uh, and I'll, I'll ask him how much he is comfortable with maybe even on the main stage to share what, what, cause he is a big part of our community, but that was huge. I mean, he got acquired by a publisher and, um, the, the interesting thing about the pro track is we do not film it. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of it's private proprietary information stuff that, you know, maybe you might understand, but those people sure. don't want it out public. Um, but that's something that I'm excited. And whenever Glenn's willing to share, I would love for him to tell us. Because uh, I think it's
2: one of those stories that, you know, who would have thought that a podcast network purely on horses right. that did a live show and a podcast every day, five days a week. And the work that he put in, in all those years, and really, he was, he right. was, he was as indie as indie could be.
3: Yeah. He right. never stopped being
2: indie He young, was sure. indie from day one, but he was very savvy in the deals he did and the marketing that he did. Um, yes. He built a big commercial network, but you never thought of Glenn and his team as being someone that would end up on Spotify. And there's many roads to success in podcasting. And I think Glenn's story is probably one that um, I hope he's able to share. And and maybe he's already put a podcast out about it. I don't know.
3: No, he's helped. He's helped hundreds of, I mean, I can't, I mean, th- probably right. thousands, but hundreds that I know in PodFest alone <coughs> will reach out to him. And he's inspired people that didn't even know they had a network under their nose. Even. That's
2: right. And Rob, there's a name that's not on a certain list. that should go on a certain list that we reviewed recently
0: yes i know i i've yeah
2: lou is that what you're thinking of no i'm thinking of the the hall of fame But glenn no i know
0: i know what you're talking about yeah i
2: think glenn would make uh oh yeah and i and i don't think his name's on that list so we're Mm -hmm. gonna have to make sure his name gets but there is chris and this is we've said this many times on the show too and Lou. lou as well
0: Oh, yeah. should have
2: been
3: on that
0: list.
2: Yeah, that's too. right. And he'll
3: be at PodFest. You'll see him. Um, uh, he's, I don't, you know how many stories I've seen big creators, uh, re- um, they don't know who Lou is, but this is what they'll say. I was in a, I was in a conference in 1913 and I saw a guy that was a lawyer <laughs> do a, a Disney podcast. And I'm like, I know right away who it is. Obviously right. it's like, it's Lou, but he's probably inspired. He's like a Glenn, like these guys that you don't really. People don't think about first top of mind, but they've helped just as many people.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, y- yeah. I- and we've said this on the last show. If someone that's <clears> listening <throat> to this show knows a name, and what happens with so full dis- uh, disclosure here, the podcast Hall of Fame list, um pe- how people get on lists is you ask people like me and Rob, and we put them on the list. You know, if you I, ask it's us, really that simple. it's that simple. Yeah. There's no we'll yeah. put them on the list because we want these people that are deserving to be on there. And if I don't think the person's deserving, I'll email you back and say, oh, okay, I've got reservations, right. But I've never had to do that. Um, and anyone that's emailed me and said, Hey, I think this person should be on the list. And matter of fact, there was two people that were recommended to me this year that we added to the list that hadn't been on before yeah. that someone else had said, yeah, I think
0: I added like four names this year too. Yeah. So, so yeah. Chris,
2: if you know what you should do is if you're thinking about Lou and Glenn and these types of people, and others that we haven't thought of and it's sad because there's so many great people in the podcasting space has done so many great things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Glenn is well-deserving and so is Lou and, you know, but a lot of people don't know them because they don't run in that same circle, well, but, right. but we can advocate for them as well. So I, I think that, uh, um, yeah, as you're thinking yeah. about your community, we should, we should make sure that they get to the, get, get on the list.
0: There's another one too. Rob Sestrinino, uh is another one. And um, Jordan Harbinger is right. another one. Right. Right. So even though. They're th- all going to be at your, your event, which is phenomenal to get Rob, Rob's, you know, Rob Sesternino to show up at your event again. Wow. He's got. Yeah. He has one, one of fantastic.
3: the largest networks that most people yeah. don't even know about. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He has a huge yeah. audience. Great guy. Yeah. And then there's Jordan. And yeah. He, I mean, he's. And you know, and that's, you know, you look at, you look at Jordan. Here's a guy that is, makes himself publicly available. He's yeah. always hanging out after hours.
1: Yeah, he's and if, you, if
2: you're a new yeah. podcaster, you can go up and ask. He'll, he'll tell you. He, there's no secrets. He has no filter. They don't hide nothing. He'll tell you what he has done to build an audience. Right. And um, there's, there's not a lot of content creators that are willing to share everything. You know, and when you find people like that, that are willing to share across the board. Uh, Rob
0: is another one that, you know, the community should really tap into as yeah. much as possible. I mean, it's great that he's presenting. So, yeah.
2: So there's, you know, these, all these folks that a lot of people, you know, we know them because we've been in the space all these years. But, um, of course, people know Jordan's podcast, but as a podcaster, a lot of podcasters don't know that he goes to these events, he's accessible. Yeah, very. You know, that's the thing. He's successful. He walked up and said, "Hey, my name is you know I'm I'm well, Tony." He's from I'm, this this community, right, he's right.
0: like like all of, all of us here on this on this show. It's you know he comes from that. So yeah,
2: wow. There's you know and it, it's just it's amazing we are eighteen years plus here, fellas, and. <laughs> and these names, these iconic names in the podcasting space. And there's, there's, they grow by the day. There's more, but it's all these interesting different circles. You know, there's this New York crowd and there's a LA crowd. And then there's, it's just kind of like these hubs of people and they don't get a lot of this. You know, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of, a lot of intermixing.
0: I've seen a lot of kind of, um uh, growing fragmentation of these communities these subcommunities in the podcasting space i've always tried to bring them together as much as i can but there's only so much you know somebody can do to bring people together it's like l- letting the 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 new york kind of community know about like podfest and things like that i mean to try and get this cross mingling going on get get more of these podcasters that are you know, doing doing fantastic stuff to, you know, to come down to Orlando and to participate and get involved like Rob and and Jordan and all, all these folks. Because, yep. I mean, helping independent podcasters is what Todd and I are all about. And I know, Chris, you're all about that too. So it's, it's just making more connections in the medium.
2: Hey, there is a topic I want to talk about a little bit today. It's not necessarily related to PodFest, but we are December 28th. And I know Rob, you did a show on predictions, kind of, I, kind of, <laughs> um, yeah. and and yeah. I I lost a bet this year. Um, I thought at this time, I thought at this time, last year I said a year from now, Facebook will have two or three percent of the uh, listenership. Well, I <clears> lost that dollar bet, so I have to give up a dollar tomorrow at our uh, show with uh, Mike. But what? you have any let's start with stop start with chris chris where where do you think things are going the next year
3: i think ad rates are going to plateau for the year um i think you're going to see a lot more podcasters on megaphone as they uh they're they're just very aggressive right now. you see, we're seeing a lot. so and a lot more uh, Spotify is going to grow a lot. Uh, I don't know what the percentage is now. Uh, you would know that, Todd, but I think you're going to see Spotify take market share away from Apple uh, a decent
0: chunk uh, this next year. Uh, oh. Why do you think that's that that is likely to happen? They're just
3: very aggressive behind the scenes of recruiting the larger independent podcasters. That's their whole market.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: so in that uh they get promoted a lot to listen Mm -hmm. on spotify so i think you're going to see that i also think what todd is doing uh with fountain the the 2.0 i i think that's that's going to start really growing 20 it's going to take years but i think you're going to see a lot more traction in that department for sure
2: rob what what do you where do you think we're headed in the next year
0: well I agree with Chris's comment that I think that the advertising side is going to
2: gonna plateau.
0: It really depends on what happens with the economy and, and ha- how far we, we fall or if this is just kind of like a, a fall for a, maybe one or two quarters and we start coming back middle of next year. Um, my gut tells me is that that's probably optimistic to think that that's going to happen. Um, but, but I do think that the advertising market is not going to get hit as hard on the podcasting side as other digital advertising platforms. Uh, I I just think that there's a perception that podcasting is a good value and drives good ROI if it's done correctly. And so we will probably see pretty stable CPMs, but there's just not going to be the abundance of campaigns. And, but yet at the same time, we're seeing this growth and development of programmatic, um, that's continuing to develop um, while all this is going on. So that may actually help um, give smaller advertising brands access to the podcasting medium, which may keep it, keep it afloat a little bit better. Um, So I think that's going to be happening. I think we are going to be seeing more activity around podcasting uh, in relation to YouTube um, as well. Uh, I think that that's going to keep moving forward. Um I do agree with what Chris is saying about Spotify. Um yeah, I do hear that word megaphone way too many times <laughs> out there as well. So, but I'm I'm with a new company now, PodBean, so my charge is to kind of build that brand um up in the market again and and see what we can do with that brand. I mean, it's got a strong independent podcaster connection, uh reputation, so that is that's That's, that's my project for the new year, but, um, but anyway, I think those are the big things that that are going to happen. And I think the listenership side, nothing's holding back on the listenership side. We can still keep growing. This is a free medium. So there's no reason why the economic collapse needs to get in the way of audience growth and development. Um, so I think that's what we need to keep pushing forward on as, as well in the podcast 2.0 project, I think is Is going to bring that innovation, you know, like what's happening on this show is a good example of it. And so, so I think that's going to need to continue to get pushed forward. And the, the podcast, uh, standards project, uh, is charging forward, you know, Todd, you're inputting on that on a regular basis. And it seems like it's moving in a positive direction. So I'd say those are the biggest things.
2: You know, for me, um, I actually, we actually just had a boost come in from Mike. He said, Spotify is going to have trouble in 2023. I, I think this is also true. I am hearing great dissent from podcasters about Spotify. Well, and so I think it go, could go either way with them. it will probably be a
0: mixed bag probably is my guess. The
2: prediction I made eight, nine, 10 months ago that anchor as a brand would go away is is coming true. Mm -hmm. Um, that will be interesting to see how that shuffles out, I guess, for a better word. Um, from an advertising standpoint, I can only go back to 2008 Mm. and look what happened in 2008 when we had a big recession and the advertising dollars, um, advertising dollars stayed steady. They did not grow. Uh, CPMs held in 2008, but we had a relatively flat year in 08 and leading into 09 um in fact all nine more months. overall growth on revenue right. was was not great now what i have been watching very very closely is the number of new incoming shows into uh podcasting and we have definitely seen a slowdown but what's interesting is is this month is different i'm seeing a uh, an inclin an inclination of number of new shows and i don't know if it's just because People are at home, they're thinking about doing a podcast, they got some time off, maybe they have time to sign up and and get their show launched. I don't know, we'll see if that trend continues. It's a
0: resolutions thing, right? Could be,
2: Um, but we've never seen, I've never seen an increase month in December where we're on an incline, a new, but what I think, and I'm kind of looking through the list of shows that are signing up, I'm seeing a lot of businesses once again, considering podcasting as a potential, because I think people are worried about ways are going to reach people and those shows we didn't get during COVID Mm -hmm. we're probably going to get now are those companies but at the same time I think podcasting has a potential to be a uh, an insurance policy for those that are serious about it and basically having the ability to start something when when there's doubt about Mm -hmm. your job and doubt about you know the side hustle side hustle so podcasting is uh, from an independent standpoint I think is going to is going to be a good growth for 2023. But, you know, I can only look at Blueberry's numbers when it comes to Spotify. And again, Spotify numbers have not, matter of fact, they've declined uh, Spotify consumption rate across all the shows we measured is, is down like a point and a half. So, you know, you know, they were only running eight and a half, nine before, but when they're down at seven, um, something is happening there now maybe again, people say, Oh, it's big, big numbers. I get, well, I think it depends on the show type. Um, when you, and you
0: might see some people churn out of there once they drop the anchor brand too. <clears throat> so,
2: well, you know, anchor still has a huge anchor problem in that it's this big cesspool of dead shows. And mm-hmm. you don't get me wrong. There's shows over there. They're being successful, but there's just this huge, you know, I, it's, to me, we look at the failure rate on those shows and it's in the high 90s, you know, from a, if they start and then they don't make it to really even episode three. So, um, but again, that's what you would expect with a free platform. People are going to try it. And if it doesn't Mm -hmm. work out, then they're going to move on. So I, I, you know, there's no barrier to entry there. Um, I I think 2000, here's what I really think is going to happen. I think that, um, and if I was working in a company that sole revenue was advertising, I, I would have my resume fresh. I would have that thing polished and I would be, I would be out shopping myself to make sure. Cause I, I think, I think that market is going to get decimated.
3: It's going to be tough.
2: I think it's going to, I think there's going to be huge cuts. If the economy goes the way, everyone say it's going to go. I, I think that market is just going to get uh, annihilated. Now still, they're going to do. They're going to do the same with less. Things are going to be really squeezed tight. And uh, what does that mean? Ten percent, twenty percent reduction in staff. Um, maybe, maybe. I hope I'm wrong, but if you're so business, I mean, this is this was what we were. Blueberry was in this position of relying one hundred percent on its ad revenue to pay the bills. And I started seeing the ad revenue do this and I tracked that out and I said, we got 18 months to figure something else out. And we started down here adding the service piece and those two numbers, they literally crossed in the night. And if I had not done the the pivot, I, we would not exist. So right. you can't have a single revenue stream today. Um, especially the advertising piece. Now, may, maybe, you know, Rob, I do agree there. There is some, the podcasting is this much further along. So the advertising piece may not suffer as much. And again, but I we've also seen the programmatic piece. Um, I'm pretty happy with our yeah. first two, three months of rolling out programmatic on the blueberry side. Uh, we wrote some nice checks to some podcasters here a couple of weeks ago that would have never gotten checks ever before now, some of them are, you know, they got to get to the point where they're going to get a check. Cause we have a minimum, you got to make 50 bucks before you get a check. Some did not make yeah. that in the first round, but they'll yeah, probably,
0: yeah, I agree with you, Todd. I think the programmatic stuff may, may give a kind of like a little boost to Could. a advertising market. That's a little bit,
2: it's soft. Who is going to give um, a boost to are those that have gotten nothing in the past.
0: Right. Exactly. Right. And it's going to spread it across hopefully larger numbers of shows. Right. right. And which is the bigger goal of this? And then there's one other aspect of this that's, that's a little bit funny, what, you know, between you and me, Todd. As we go back on this show, how we've been talking about the growth of overall advertising uh, revenue in the podcasting space over the last probably the last four years or so, and I think we've been saying. Next year, we're going to get over a billion dollars <laughs> in ad ad, ad revenue. And I think, what was it, about six months ago, they did a forecast as they were going to be like $4 billion by 2024. And I'm right. like going, I think uh, we'll be lucky to hit two by 2024 at this yeah. point.
2: Well, some people so, say we're already at three, but I'd like to know uh, where all that money's at.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not so sure. Yeah. Have you guys
3: seen any innovations coming out of Apple uh, next year? Are they going to allow advertising in the store? Have
2: you seen anything like that? Um Well, all I can say is what I know, and what I'm allowed to say, and is that, right
0: exactly So
2: Apple is definitely paying attention to what's going on in the space. um, they're heavily focused right now on the premium, letting podcasters do premium, so they you know, I think'll- we'll we sh- shortly hear a big announcement about that. It's already been announced, and you know, when the rollout was going to come, so I think we're going to hear something soon on that piece what they do next i don't know you know so uh, i haven't i'm not under any nda um but i think well apple's listening to the show chris so i think we'll have to have to see what they do um they are not going to hurt um the podcasting and my here's my opinion I don't feel they're going to hurt companies like Triton or Megaphone. They're not going to impact their businesses by usurping them. YouTube might. Um, but I don't think Apple will, um, time will tell.
0: I think if you, I was just going to make a comment about the change that Spotify is making by, by dropping the anchor brand, by going to this, um, this Spotify studio model Mm -hmm. uh, where if you think about it, that's the same model that YouTube is under, right? Because there's the YouTube studio app, right? That you can get on your mobile phone. So Spotify is maybe you could take this, this analogy that they're becoming more oriented to very similar kind of a um, relationship with creators as YouTube has with creators and, and I think that there is definitely um, a pathway that YouTube is getting more connected to podcasting too. So we might see those two titans kind of competing with each other in some ways in the podcasting space in the new year. So I'm, I'm you know, who's going to be the, the YouTube of podcasting? Is it going to be Spotify or but, YouTube? But there's, <laughs> but there's
2: also the free money's gone. You look at interest rates. The free money... Oh. The, That's right. The free money is gone as, far as investment goes. Right. If a company is not profitable, if they're not able to show green versus red, they're going to be in their Their stockholders are not going to put up with losses in an economy like mm-hmm. this. If the economy continues to go South
1: mm-hmm. and
2: they need money, free money's over. And you know, the, the joys of just spending someone else's money Like you take a stack of $100 bills and flush it down the toilet. Those are gone. Those days are are hit the road, at least for the foreseeable future. So I don't think that um, we're going to see, I think there's going to be tremendous pressure on Spotify to be profitable. Tremendous Mm -hmm. pressure. Um, And what isn't profitable? There's one rule in business that if you're not profitable, cut, cut, cut. Well, you know that's cut, cut.
0: That's the big uh, discussion in Silicon Valley right now. Is um, all of the tech CEOs and a lot of the big, um, big tech uh, media companies are seeing what Elon Musk did to Twitter.
2: Yeah, (laughs) he got six thousand people go.
0: That's the new strategy to go forward to be profitable is to cut back on
2: your staff and get streamlined and be lean, lean and mean. Right. So you know it's. And those folks are not going to have a hard time finding a job. They, because be honest with you, Twitter and Google and, and Apple, they've sucked the life out of the development community for everyone else. That's looking for devs. And now it's, there's a lot. Now there's going going to be devs available on the market for companies like mine. If I'm looking for a superstar, I can hire a superstar. And, um, I've got a, a great superstar team. I don't need anybody right now, but if I wanted to hire, Another superstar. I could go probably get us on the superstar at this point.
0: Yeah. Though at the same time, I think there's an expectation the employees have to perform now more than prior. <laughs> that's that's the fallout that happened well, with it too. I, I think Rob, whole r- our, our remote work to some degree is
2: is being kind of undermined. A little Rob, bit. the majority of us did not have never worked in a place where you could go in and get a cappuccino and lunch for free and have yeah. a babysitter. And, you know, that has been for the elite top tier of the, you know, of the Silicon Valley space. I don't think that, you yeah, know, I don't see that existing very many right. places. Um, they're small perks. You know, when we had our office open, you know, we had, we had coffee and water and sodas, but there was not like this. Right. You know, it wasn't like it was catering lunch every right. week.
3: You, you didn't have a masseuse for the team? No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, yeah, so I think that the atmosphere and the business climate um, of what's happening in the tech sector is going to have an impact on podcasting. And then I think that the other thing that we haven't mentioned here is the impact of AI technology on the podcasting space. I I can feel it, you know, this, was it the the chat, GBT, uh, is starting to push into the medium more and more. Um,
2: It's still pretty stupid, so.
0: Well, (laughs) but it's starting, Todd, and that's. Oh, I know.
2: Yeah, it's just like any other upstart tech that's out there. So you think a it's, chat, it's you think an chat AI is going to be able to mimic my personality and create a podcast? No. Uh, you know,
0: it goes beyond that, too. It's, uh, it's show notes. It's tra-
2: transcriptions. It's
0: doing kind of busy work that podcasters have been doing but, for a long time.
2: But right. most of us have automated that already anyway. So, well, it's, it's, and some of them,
0: some of that is being automated by AI technology, like the yeah. script, you know, is, yeah.
2: is a good example of that. Right. And what Adobe's doing is getting people's attention too. So, I've been a big Adobe user for years. So, we'll see what happens with that. Oh, and Adobe
0: just came out with a yeah. podcasting. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. That's what so, you're talking
2: about. I don't know. I, I guess we'll see what happens. Usually, our predictions never come out. I'll say this. We're just going to have continued steady growth. (laughs) Right.
0: But Chris, we're getting towards the bottom of the hour here. And uh, for those that are still listening here, we probably should share with them how, if a listener to this wants to attend your conference, what's the best way to proceed on that? Just go to
3: podfestexpo.com, hit the ticket tab, and join us in Orlando in late January. And let's have fun and hang out with Todd and Rob here when they're doing the new media show on site.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be great. And uh Rob, you gotta get busy and picking picking the will. uh how many are we gonna have? Three, four, five?
0: Um, no. I think probably two two guests maybe. Yeah, that would be a good point. number. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think yeah, yeah I think but, I got but, in but trouble being that by, Chris has given us getting too many. <laughs> Chris, is Chris get, how how long do we have sixty or ninety? How many minutes do we have?
0: Uh, um, I believe we're set it was, it was three
2: 40. to four o'clock, but I was told that we four could hour, go yeah. a little longer too. If oh, we okay. To. So yeah, if we're only got an hour, definitely no more than three guests. Probably better with you, two. If you
3: want, if you guys want 90 minutes, you could have 90. Uh, we don't have anything up against you and you're in a room where you have the, the full floor, yeah. So whatever you want.
2: Okay. So we don't, we'll want to leave enough time to change the room over, but uh, I'll let Rob then he's, he, he does a good job picking our guests and, hopefully someone good and controversial will have fun with us.
0: Yeah. I was thinking of, I would invite, uh, Rob Sesternino and oh, maybe great. Jordan Harbinger to both those guys to join us. Well,
2: look, look through the available, but yeah, I'll, I'll look through. And Cause see I'm, I'm available. sure there's some ladies in the attendance that would that like to true. be with us as well. So that
0: is very true. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But, uh, all right. Well, uh, Again everyone go to podfestexpo.com, get your ticket join us in Orlando if nothing else if you're up here where it's cold get away from the weather for a few days be able to have a few you even do a little bit of pool afternoon right on Sunday or so is that the uh, the plan absolutely. there Absolutely
3: absolutely yeah that's the whole plan enjoy Sunday with by yourself or with your family or whoever you you know hanging out with should be a nice time
2: Yeah I'm looking forward yeah. to escaping uh the uh because it's it's gray here In uh, Michigan this time of year, and that gray kind of like presses against you. So if nothing else, you know, you get a tax deductible vacation (laughs) where you get educated at the same time. So for those of us that live up here where it's cold, this is a no brainer. Yeah, I'm going to Vegas next week when it's cold for CES. That's going to be no fun. There's going to be no drinking on Fremont Street because I'll be sitting out there shivering holding a beer. Hopefully you know?
3: it'll be <laughs> nice and warm for all of us uh, late January. I'm done with the cold.
2: Yeah, that, <sighs> this was a little bit of a weird thing that you know comes down through. We didn't get much snow, but, boy, it was cold. That is for sure. Well, Chris, thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you in Orlando in uh, just about uh, – Thirty days from now, a little less. Yeah,
3: Todd and Rob, thank you for all that you guys do yeah. for the industry uh, with the new media show, and thank you both for you guys helped so many with the respective brands. So, uh, I appreciate you guys.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks. So, okay, five, five, so Rob, we're we're Hi, almost. T- take care, Chris. Thanks for being on. So we're just about there. It's almost New Year's. Almost twenty twenty three. Any more? Predictions?
0: Huh. That's. um I'm just trying to think. Is there anything else that I've been thinking about? Um, <clears throat> about or, or how's how's the new gig? How's Podbean? Podbean's going going good. I'm I, I'm just trying to get acclimated to the company and get to know the team. And and there's a lot of legacy there, Todd. I mean, this company's been. Around for a long time since what 2006 2007, so it's uh it it's been around uh, you know almost as long as as, you know blueberry and lipson and all all that stuff. So th- there's a lot of legacy there. So
2: yeah, we um, we we actually yeah. started business in '05, but most people really didn't. We didn't really come out of the gate hard until '06. So yeah, and our model well, was different back then.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the big thing to think about too. Is that you know you know. Blueberry and Lipson and Podbean are are from a different era than mm-hmm. so like a Buzzsprout or you know, yep. some s- some of the newer platforms sure. that have come out. So there's a lot of legacy that's in in the platform, but there's some differences between all these different companies I worked right. for, even 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 Spreaker. You know, Spreaker was a much younger company, yep. and and so you kind of can 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 look at the company at its strengths and its weaknesses and. Mm-hmm. And see how, uh, how it fits in the market. So it's it's really been a kind of a learning curve because I didn't really know that much about Podbean prior. I mean, I knew right. a little bit about their platform, but I didn't really know at the level that I'm
2: diving in now. But um, but and you get to you get to dig into the guts and you know and and you can see where that legacy comes through and you know
0: yeah yeah and it's also really trying to understand each of the team members too Mm. and and how they can be because in some ways i'm i'm somewhat er, or replacing shannon martin to some degree because she has left the company so um so she has been you know she was with Podbean for like eight or nine years Mm -hmm. so there's a strong legacy there and the team was very used to working with her and so it's it's really a matter of kind of fitting in in some ways. It's so kind of on my shoulders.
2: You just gotta gotta sit and watch for ninety days.
0: Well, yeah, and learn and and contribute and participate and see how things work in their natural way before you even right. think about making changes or anything. Yeah. So, um, so that's the big thing. And then you know, and and just trying to think about podcasting going forward and how you know how that company can be pulled into like the podcast 2.0 stuff too because right, right. they, they haven't really been engaged in that and so trying to get that team exposed to the opportunities of you know working with this new kind of you know namespace and how that might change the the dynamic of the company just kind of like what you kind of dug into 100 percent and seen you know what can be done there and and so so I'm really kind of still optimistic about the podcasting space. And I definitely want to continue to create content and be a a positive contributor to the industry and, and the discussions around important topics in the industry and our frankness on this show. I want to, I want to continue and, and um, into the new year and see how we can keep adding to the conversation. I don't know, Todd, uh, what's your thoughts on all that?
2: You know, I just, it's it, you know, I, I had a, a good, literally 10 days to, I dis. it's the first time I've really disconnected in a long, long time. I know. You were really out of pocket. Yeah, time. I <laughs> I mean I just uh I didn't check email, I didn't get on Slack, I you know, I did there was one thing I had to do for a legal issue one weekend or so, it took a couple hours, but it wasn't it wasn't for legalists. We're we're going through an IRS audit, which is always fun. Um and of course, no, you know, documents, fun. yeah, it's you know, it's just a formality. We're we're good. Um it was one of those, and it was just nice to kind of, you know, to, to disconnect. And, um, and I truly tried to completely disconnect cause I needed a brain break. And, uh, I think it was, it was a good one. So now, you know, I'm getting ready to go. I'll be in CES for a week. So it'll kind of be another off week to a certain extent, but, yep. um, I'm just going to start continuing to watch what is happening with creators. Um, yeah. my focus has to remain on the content creators and helping them succeed because that doesn't change. No matter what's happening with the economy, doesn't matter what's going on with advertising, doesn't matter. Their sole thing is grow my show, and how yes. do I grow my show and give them the the tools that they yeah. need to to make yeah, wise it's the bread decisions. and butter
0: topics, right? Of You know, starting a show, coming up with a topic, getting it marketed, growing the audience, and hopefully being able to turn it into a little bit of a business and a side hustle that is successful. I mean, that's an aspiration that all of us should keep top of mind of what we're trying to do. And if these podcast 2.0 initiatives, can help more creators get there yeah um then that's that's worth doing
2: and I yeah. didn't mention it as one, part of my predictions because it's already in my head it's a given we're doing it, we're going to move forward, and it, you know it, again it's going to take time, and we're still mm-hmm. learning too about certain things and but i I think that it's uh it's an exciting time to be in the podcasting space, and uh, that that has not changed um but I'd like to see in my dashboard here that I'm looking at from from uh, Saturn, uh, the Saturn dashboard, which shows me this this activity. Um, I want to see these income streams to be overcast. I want to see post-o-matic. I want to see all the other apps, not just Fountain, Podverse, matic and caster being part of this ecosystem that we know is podcasting 2.0 and
0: lit and the Satoshis and all that It's everything
2: it's, you know, and there's been lots of heavy discussions about cross app commenting on where that could go. That's still, I know it's, it's on Adam's mind. It's on others' minds on how to, and and I've been thinking about that a lot and those types of things. So, Mm -hmm. um, and of course, this initiative—I don't think it's been formally announced—but it's we've we've been public about working on this uh, organization that is going to help with the podcasting 2.0 initiative, and from mm-hmm. a developer and hosting company side, and potentially some other participants to re-
0: on the listening side too. Right.
2: And matter of fact, I was working on the membership requirements. When it's all done, if you get pissed off about the membership requirements, I I drafted them and. We're going through negotiations on them now, yeah. um, so if you don't like them, you can be pissed off at me. Um, but it's it's one of the things that we're trying to, as a community, as a we can all compete, mm-hmm. but we have to work together to take this to the next level because um, Spotify is not sitting still, and Megaphone's not sitting still, and they could give. To, they they don't care about what we're doing in podcasting 2.0. They
0: they actually probably don't want us to be doing this. I'm sure.
2: So, so um, we're going to continue to move on. And with the soul, any, if, if they're going to continue to pick, cherry pick big shows, as soon as we start giving big shows some of this understanding of some of this stuff, they're going to go, oh, I'm going over here. I'm losing that. Mm-hmm. Then... Yeah, that's the grass may not get them back. The grass may not be as green on the other side of the fence. Mm-hmm. So, well,
0: that was the the platform that criticized RSS for not being innovative, right? Right. So, if if we out innovate them, then
2: then that's that that's an interesting dynamic. And I and just from a personal standpoint, from a business standpoint, I can't wait for the Anchor brand to go away. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Cause I don't think it'll have the same impact being Spotify studios. Mm-mm. I don't think it will. And do you think they're just it's not going to have
0: that? It's not going to have a podcast association with
2: it anymore. So I don't think so. The sooner that happens just from a competitive standpoint, <laughs> the better, uh, but we've been surviving and growing without them with them anyway, because we mm-hmm. graduate shows off there all the time. It's like, you know, it's, people oh, figure yeah. out after they've been on there a while, they're kind of, they're kind of in this silo. And, um, so we'll see, see what happens here. But, uh, yeah, we're going to continue cranking, continue working. I'm not ready to retire yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and so
0: long will we keep going? Todd is the question, right?
2: <laughs> well, what else, what else am I going to do?
0: I well, that's the question I keep asking myself too. It's like, well, you know, why,
2: why not? I come from a family that really doesn't retire per se. I'm sure at some point I'll, you know, maybe another 10 years want to throw back a bit. Maybe podcasting
0: bit. is like playing golf, Todd. <laughs> you can play
2: you can play till you're in your, you know, 70s or 80s, right? Well, you know, when you retire <laughs> and you turn on the blue tube, you, you might as well just start the time clock for when you're going to be in a box or in a, you know, or in an urn. So, you have to stay tuned. Are
0: we going to be still doing this show when we're 80 years old?
2: Uh, if we are, I would be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if we did? If we were like, we would then truly be the two old curmudgeons. But, you know, yes. it's unless someone comes in and gives me an exit, you know, and someone comes in and buys my company and, you know, and gives me enough cash to sell off into the blue while yonder got to right. remember I did, I did 25 years in the Navy. You don't get rich being in the Navy. Yeah. Know. It is an
0: interesting thing to think about. I mean, Todd, if you think, you know, um, let's say we do keep doing this show for the next 10 to 20 years, you know, how, how will the world be different and no one, how will we be different? We don't want to be listening to those old two uh, dudes. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: There's probably something about that, right? Yeah. Potentially. Like,
0: our audience will drift away as we get
2: older. <laughs> Anita says, couldn't find on YouTube. Todd, don't, yes, there's only one YouTube channel currently Anita, It's my geek new central channel. That's the original. We're, we're going to have to maybe think about doing something different with that at some point, but um, yes, there's not a new media channel. It's part of the, this show is part of the geek new central family. At least yes. that was the original thought 10 years ago when we started this thing. So.
0: Well, it was part it was a, of
2: your y- network. Yeah, it was yeah. a Saturday morning tech show before and then it migrated and we've never really created a. If we get a thousand people to go over and sign up for a YouTube channel, I'll start a new media channel just to, we can get one put together. Then if we get a thousand subscribers on there, then we can stream. So, yeah.
0: And if we, I mean, is there any other way that you would uh, want to produce this show? I mean, you know, are you still wanting to keep doing it the way we're doing it or is there any kind of upgrade that you're thinking at all?
2: Well, I'm open for ideas. All of you that listen and watch this thing, let us know what should we do. I've got another, yeah. I've got another studio next door. I could stand up and do the show, but I don't know if I want to stand up and do the show for 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah.
0: That seems like a long time to stand up, <laughs> but it'll bring a lot more energy to the show. Todd. If yeah. We were to stand up. All right <laughs> now. I will,
2: I will say this. Um, I have two cases of the summer edition, strawberry apricot red bull left. And, um, this has been discontinued by YouTube. Excuse me, by Red Bull.
0: <laughs> it probably will be yeah. blocked on YouTube. There's a
2: right? rumor they're gonna bring this back and make it the make it the addition. It's gonna stay. But my daughter found, I think, the last case of this on Amazon and got it for me for Christmas. I don't know what she paid for it because they're scalping now for these at like four fifty a can. Uh-huh. But but she got me a case of eight ounces, so I have it. am uh-huh. gonna, I, I'm going to be rationing these. So, Rob, if you see me drinking the orange Red Bull, make sure you tell me, Todd, you need to ration that. So,
0: hey, Todd, <laughs> one one challenge that I would like to challenge us both on is how we can grow this show on YouTube, get this show <sighs> bigger on YouTube. I mean, what do we think it's going to take? Is it uh, telling people to smash the like button and you know, that kind of stuff, or is it, uh, you know, what do we have to do, you think?
2: Maybe we to have to bring another I think maybe we have to bring another co-host on.
0: You think so? Mm-hmm. Now, how many successful shows do you see that have three,
2: three oh, co-hosts a that lot. Are on YouTube? I see three or four.
0: Really? Okay. But
2: they're usually in a room together. They're not remote uh, like this. Okay. There's, a, there's some successful podcasts, but they have. You know, we'd yeah, hop- like
0: us to think about that a little, little bit more. I mean, how can we up our game in this area? I think that the, the shows that are successful on YouTube seem to be—they're
2: more rambunctious,
0: really. Yeah, they're controversial or they're they're cutting-edge,
2: kind of edgy topics, very niche and topics. very and very non-pod safe and very non-advertiser safe language and all that stuff. So
0: I guess if I'm not you look at like a Joe Rogan or something. Uh, yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> uh, I, you know, Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan. No one's going to duplicate Joe Rogan. And I, no. I, I don't know. I've thought about doing a, trying to do something on YouTube, but it, I don't have the energy that the, the frequency, you just, it has to go to a whole different level. And I had to
0: go to more more episodes a week?
2: Is no, that, it just has to have, it has to be really like focused, almost scripted. I, I, I'm just not willing to, to go there. You know, it's, you have to have like a, almost like talking points and, you know, you, I don't oh. meetings. Who wants meetings? No one wants stinking meetings. Uh, yeah. I don't have enough you know, hours in the day as it is.
0: Yeah. I watch a lot of, uh, YouTube, videos today and, and, and follow some pretty popular shows. You know, there's, um, one that's out there right now. It's done by a longtime friend of mine. His his name is Clayton Morris. I don't know if that name sounds familiar to you. He's a a former anchor from Fox news. Mm. So he's doing a YouTube show. Actually, it's also on uh, rumble called redacted. I don't know if you've seen that show or not, I he, he and uh, his wife, Natalie Morse, who ac- actually uh, used to work for CNET, uh, and CBS for, for many years, but they do a show that's kind of about, um, talking about, uh, news that the mainstream media doesn't want to talk about.
2: Well, you need to listen to the new media You need to listen to uh, no agenda.
0: I know it's, I think in a lot of ways it's, it's very similar content except for Clayton is really, I mean, Clayton and Natalie are based in um, Portugal, mm. but they used to live in New York. So I've, I've known Clayton for, for years and
2: years. I'm looking at his picture now and I don't remember him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But he's got a very successful uh, YouTube channel right right now. And he does kind of daily shows. Right. Now. And they're like two hours long. He
2: must have it. He's, he's got a team then if he's doing two hours.
0: He's got, He's got two other, two or three other people working for him.
2: Uh huh. I'm looking at their set right now.
0: But he'll get like, you know, half a million people watching his live stream.
2: When he does, when someone's doing 399, 400, 500,000 views uh, on an episode, they're making some money. Yeah. (laughs) They are, they're pulling in some bank. Yeah. And he's uh, got
0: a lot of kind of kind of visuals and a lot of things on the screen too. But, but he's also doing a, um, a audio podcast too. Yeah. I talked to Clayton just just this past week and he's got his audio up there as well.
2: So does he take the YouTube audio and put that he's just take the audio from the YouTube and put it as a podcast?
0: Yeah, I think he does some editing to it, but yeah, but it's, it's the same content. So, but I would say that, you know, he's, it's a very visual show, right so, right right so it's so you it have probably, to have
2: you have to have you have to have someone that's getting all the clips and getting all the websites and kind of like I do for my tech show yeah, yeah. You know, and be honest with you, it's my budget for my for Geek News central for my producer um isn't too bad uh on a mm-hmm. monthly basis, does all my show prep, and you know I show some of the website pages and some of that we could do some of that, but i I don't know if we've got you know, we'd just be copying what pod news is reported. We'd be putting up the same web page stuff and I don't know yeah. how effective that is. You know, if, if I'm flashing them on the screen, that's okay. I can do that. We don't even sure. have to talk to them because the audience that's listening can give two craps about what we're showing. So.
0: Right. Right. I mean, we're, we're primarily an audio yeah, show. Yeah. We're, we're a show like, redacted is is primarily a video show yeah this
2: this audience about 90 percent audio
0: i'm mm-hmm. so, just curious it's just it's an interesting um balance that's being struck right now between some of the content creators on youtube that are podcasting at the same time they're doing their youtube stuff and i think it's fascinating to see how those are different and how how one can build a um a show that successfully crosses both of those things. And I think it's hard to
2: find, you know, and we could bring Mm. in a third voice and preferably someone younger. Yeah. Um, You know, there's, there's potential there. And yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think we do, I mean, but they're guests, right? Yeah. But if we,
2: if we maybe, maybe the goal is to have a rotating pool of three, four people that are on a regular, regular, or right. maybe someone will fit into becoming a permanent con- you know, contributor to the show and a participant. Um, mm-hmm. oh, so something uh, to think so,
0: about. Let's 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 think about who that might.
2: Well, you know, you know where you get, you know where you find that right from this listening audience. So, anyone young that wants to participate. Want, younger,
0: I, that's, that, that's very impactful in the podcasting space too. I think right, that you, you, at least, voice, at least
2: right? you know what you're talking about and don't have to can follow along in the conversation. Yeah. That's the key and come give it, think of a couple people. And, I and, think of a couple and people in bringing in, in some different perspectives because I, am always about perspectives. This so was like my team and, you know, I like to listen to their perspectives. Sometimes I don't agree with their perspectives, but I want to listen to their perspectives mm-hmm. and they sway me. Sometimes they don't always sway me, but yeah, so. I'd love
0: to hear any, any feedback that anybody listening to this um, on, on who you might think might be a good third co-host here.
2: Yeah. So always open for change. See what happens. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, Mike said that, uh, that gal you're talking about, she worked for twit at some point in time too. Uh, the gal What'd that go? was on redacted, uh, the guy's wife, Oh, uh,
0: Natalie Morris, Natalie right. Morris.
2: Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, we've been here a while and, uh, we're going to get out of here. We're, we're already late, uh, to get out. This makes for a longer show, longer edit. Yeah. Ha, ha, oh,
0: and ha. also, this is what I mentioned too, I think, uh, I'll Alil Laporte's still doing his thing. Um, but
2: I heard he not- announced his retirement.
0: Uh, I think it's coming. I'm not sure what the date is for that, but I I know that he's still cranking out, you know. How, m- how many
2: people is he going to fire this time? Because remember last time he was going to retire, he was looking for his replacements and then he fired a bunch of people. Oh,
0: that's right. that's right. You know, Tom that was,
2: Merritt was supposed Tom, to be the man. Tom
0: Merritt, right. And I think a couple <laughs> others have kind of come into that. <sighs>
2: So one of us see. I wonder if I'll see Leo next week at uh, CES.
0: It'd be interesting to see how, how he thinks he's going to transition his network.
2: He's the linchpin over there, so you know,
0: it's been his strength and his weakness at the same time, yep. right, for many years. Yep. So yeah.
2: So for by the way, for those of you still hanging, uh, we will be live at CES starting on Thursday of next week. So there will be no New Media Show next week because I'm going to be in Vegas. And, uh, so we're going to be starting going live, uh, January 6th at probably about nine to 10 a.m. Pacific. We'll have the live stream here. We'll be lit as well. Um, so we'll be watching the lit off comments coming in, uh, should be interesting, uh, this year. I'm just showing up and being talent. Thank God. Uh, Scott Ertz is taking care of, uh, from the plug hits podcast. He's the one taking care of all the other stuff. Kirk, my co one of my podcasters at GNC Weekly is going to be there. Don Bain, the gadget professor, is going to be there. And uh, once again, we'll do about 40 or 50 hours live. And then I arrive back here on uh, January. Uh, let me look at the date here. I think I was given the wrong dates. We go live on January 5th, not 6th. And then uh, I'll be back here January 9th. But I do have federal jury duty Rob. So <laughs> we'll see if I get called for jury duty that week. I One way or the other, we'll do the show if I can, but I might be sitting in a jury box uh, debating someone's fate. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll do what we need to do. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll switch through at some point, do something. But Okay. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm Todd at Blueberry.com at Geek News on Twitter. And I can be found on Twitter
0: as well, at Rob Greenley, And uh, you can also uh, reach me off of a new email address. Oh, <laughs> Rob at podbean.com. If you want to shoot an email or Rob G, w- um, both work. So. Okay. So I got that one. Uh, th- that was an upgrade for me moving from Lipson is that I get.
2: You get Rob your own at, Rob. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. So anyway. And, it, and I have seen. Uh. The other Rob uh, talking on Mastodon, which is kind of interesting, so he's, he's made the transition over there,
0: yeah, and we've we've made our selections. I don't know if you got the email on the Hall of Fame, too.
2: We voted, so I don't know who the the winners are.
0: Mm, we kind of kind of know we're just confirming them.
2: Right oh, okay. did everybody vote? Nope. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's interesting.
0: A certain percentage did not return the email. Just us put it to you that way. No. <clears throat> oh, okay. And it's, it's a, it's a pretty strong class of uh, inductees. I have to say. Oh, so,
2: oh. Yeah. oh, yeah. Will I so. be, will I be happy?
0: Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think probably, you're probably more happy than even you, you were last time. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it, it was a strong group last, last time. Oh, it was, but this, this group is extra specially strong. I'll just put it <laughs> to <you> that way.
2: <laughs> you are probably saying something you shouldn't at this point. So, <laughs>
0: well, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I think with the hall of fame, what you want is a, a group of inductees that had an impact on the medium. That's right. Right. Yeah. And I think we, we safely have that in this group.
2: So, and I like how the new voting was. Yeah. That, that going to allow people not to be left behind. Yeah. Right. Per se. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. No, I would. Yeah. That's, that's what was pushed on was, you know, making sure that we had inductees that that needed to be in there and not pushed off.
2: Right. So shouldn't, that's about as far as I'll go on that. It's not really a secret, but I I think it was the decision that was made was a really, really good one. And if I can say that without Mm -hmm. quandary. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean this inductee group, uh, if it goes full, full awareness, I'll just put it this way. could be pretty, Pretty big news. So wow,
2: wow, big news. I would think so. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, you think of the names that are in there. Yeah, there was
2: was some strong. That's some. That was. (laughs) That was a. I was like, how do I pick? Right. Oh, oh, it was a very difficult. Very difficult. I like. There was four that I was like, boom, 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 and then I was like, uh. Yeah, uh, painful, <laughs> painful. Uh, and I mean, yeah. and I'm trying to, like, to leave your phasertisms alone, you know, what has this person done, you know, because you have to throw that out, you know. And, well,
0: you have some people that have have contributed nonstop to the podcasting right? forever, and forever. Then you have some people that had a big contribution for a short period of time. Right, right. And so you that was the hardest part about it is because those early contributors yep. were, were very impactful. Oh,
2: we wouldn't be but, here without some of them.
0: Right. But the ones that have been very impactful for the whole life of the medium <laughs> really stand out. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and that's, that's kind of, I think that's the intent of the Hall of Fame is to recognize those people.
2: We're going to end the show. Then I'm going to talk to Rob before he leaves. You should definitely talk to him. Um, no, I want to talk to you before oh, me? Be, before oh, okay. you kick off here. And... Okay.
0: <laughs> right. Because yeah, right, every... we can't
2: say who no. who these
0: people are yet because right, right. it hasn't been nailed down yet. Yeah. Has, so. There
2: has a, com- a bit of a confirmation process. Yeah. So. Okay. Everyone, thanks for being here. Happy New Year to everyone. We'll see you back here in 2023. Have a happy new year. Don't drink too much. Be careful if you're out there. If you need a ride, call an Uber. Or if you're in an area like I that doesn't have an Uber, you call a friend. So uh everyone get home safe on amateur night, which is New Year's Eve. It is amateur's night Um because by it's it's by the number of people that end up puking at the night. That is the reason it's called amateur night because everyone goes and parties like it's 2023 and they're, yeah, anyway. Uh, and I leave the next day on an airplane, so I'm not going to be doing much amateur night uh, activities. So oh, I actually, okay. second, I don't, I, I can recover on the first, but the second. Right. <laughs> We've almost. It's went. the
0: third that you have to be with it. Right.
2: right. I almost been two hours yeah. here, so we'll get out of here. Everyone, th- yeah. th- thank you. We'll see you next All time right. here on the new media show. Bye-bye.
1: All right. Bye.